Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Thanks for tuning in again today for Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a special guest, um, something that blew me away uh, when I saw him perform for the first time, and this was at Forbes. Uh, this is Mia Pornacek. Pornacek. We were talking about this, and I screwed it up um, oh. earlier, is his name. Uh, he blew me away when I was introduced to him at Forbes. He is a violinist that has had a path that's been absolutely amazing, starting in his love and passion for music. He has played concert halls throughout the world and then decided with time that he was going to listen to his innate heart and created a space where he allows corporations and leaders to listen to the space of the violin and their masterpiece and they deconstruct what the space that they need to in order to tap into their unconscious space to create trust. So Mihai, thanks so much for coming on today. Yes, hello Roxanne and hello your audience. What a pity we are not interface, but we have to go through yeah, Zoom, but that's the modern world. I'm very honored and very pleased that we have time now to talk about these issues. As you mentioned in your introduction, um, I have created quite different innovation that one thinks of usually when you say innovation, you think about new digital device. But what I do is I take something very old, uh, masterpieces of classical music, and I bring it in the center of observation for the leaders to learn from it how to organize and how to lead the companies. And that's just one of innovation, but we are going to concentrate on this one today. Maybe we'll get around to other things. But certainly violin playing is for me the key to unlock very different areas of social problems of uh, modern days. So in other words, <clears throat> I have been fighting for many years how to reposition the role of the arts altogether, because art is usually considered as something uh, entertaining, just entertaining for Friday night. No, not at all. I'm using this classical music in order to open the people to a new possibilities, to help them to reach out to their potentials. And you will see right away how that works. Um, and I don't expect anybody to know anything about classical music or love it or something like that. No problem, because we are going step by step. We just observe it and we get involved in it. And suddenly all kinds of possibilities open up. So that's that's to sort of in terms of introduction. Yeah. So Mia, tell me about your, you became a violinist for a reason. Were you exposed to the arts very young or was it something that, you know, you kind of naturally out in Europe, you know, people either played the violin or the piano. What was the space that got you to this point of becoming a maestro? Yes, I started very early in my beautiful country of Slovenia. 
And uh, I was inspired actually by folk mu music, the people on Sundays dancing and singing and playing music. And I just loved it. So I tried to imitate. And only much later, I was given violin into hands because I imitated on accordion wrong way. I played melody with the left instead of with the right. So they said, oh, well, then he should play violin. So this is so it was a, a mistake, as it is always in life. So many mistakes happen that are not mistakes at all, you see. And then then my, my way, when I was young, I, I knew I want to be violinist. And that brought me to a, <clears throat> studies, uh, different universities. I was with the best masters of the time in Slovenia, in Germany, in United States. Uh, I started with famous violins. And then I began a career and I played many concerts, thousands. But then I noticed that when in a concert there is a moment moment where like everything is melting when you reach for the really star in germany it's called sternstunde the moment of the star when that happens in a concert then it's over with the concert and people uh, go home you know and i felt the end should be the beginning when when you reach this magic sphere that's the moment when people really are open and when they, when they really feel their highest starting themselves. That's the moment you should start doing something about it and not just have a great experience and goodbye. You see, that is why I decided I must explore this much deeper. And the first thing that I did is I created my own festival in France, in, in the most beautiful cathedral, Chartres, south of Paris, you know, oldest, the beautiful first Gothic cathedral. And I had many people there, three years in a row, more than thousand who came from 40 countries, all my audiences I invited. And then something happened. It was the time, very much like now, at that time, the East-West was towing off, you know, Soviet Union was beginning to disintegrate. And uh, yeah, and it was a very dangerous time as well. Gorbachev just appeared on the scene and I started creating festivals in the crisis areas. I invited my audience to travel with me. So that was new, it never happened before that you would take hundreds of people with you to a place where there is a crisis and then you meet with the locals and so on. So I did that, I don't know, 200 festivals, not only in Europe, as far as Amazonia, Tibet, um, Australia, New Zealand, whole world. Um, I did that for many years until somebody asked me in early 90s, what you are doing actually is organizational development, my method. I said, oh, really? Tell me more. He said, no, you tell me more. So then, then I, I heard from experienced business leaders that what I do with the structure and development and transformation and all these things that we are trying to learn in our leadership trainings is actually exactly that, that music gives a guidance. So I developed a method where I take people out of their usual environment where there are problems and they go with me on musical detour they go away from this pressure and uh, semantics and all the things that you know that are very difficult to to put experience on it because we all talk about transformation we all talk about um, all these things but how do you make experience so it lasts so people don't forget because we only have powerpoint usually i say powerpoint without power you, know, you you get an idea, but it goes out in the next year. You know, it, it's out. You forget, especially when there is a problem. Then when there is a, a problem and people get uh, emotional about it, they forget all that they are learning and they they go back into the old uh, pattern um, shift. So you're, so you're tapping into a deep, profound 
part of what opens up the heart that allows people to listen. It is emotional memory. So when I have done this work with uh, leadership group, they never forget. I guarantee them 15 years that they will not forget. And what I try to give them is not Pogacnik ideas. I, I work with masterpieces. So they and the great, organic, meaningful, beautiful uh, masterpieces of classical music, they have similar structure like organizational development or bi creative biography, for instance. So I bring the parallels. So we, we meet in the music, same challenges, but we also meet and experience solutions. So now <clears throat> I would yeah. yeah, so now I want you to, to, to demonstrate what you what you do, which is completely immersive, which I think is phenomenal, Miha. So you take the floor and I will be quiet. Yeah, well, we oh. just no no anytime, Roxanne, you can ask me or if you have a comment and so on. But sure. let me just say uh, any beginnings when you begin with music instead of talking when you start playing you know you know when i start playing do you notice everything changes Excitement! No. I'm, 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 I'm waiting. I, I want more as I listen to that. Yeah. When, when, when music comes, I don't say that it's because I'm playing. But generally, when something like this comes, we, we shift in another mode inside, and that's so valuable because it's sort of the whole human being responds. The whole human being starts resonating, and we are usually only living a fragment. That's the problem. You know, I call it we are professional idiots. You know, everybody knows their own thing, but we don't know how to reach over to the other domain. So the music lifts us to another place. And if we learn how to listen and we become active in this listening, we, we learn awful lot for what we have as a daily uh, challenges and whatever. So, but beginnings, another beginning. So on. Beginning. You see, it is like inviting to a magic world. These two notes, they are called octave in music. It is the same note, the same tone, repeating on the next level. It's the same one, you know, but on the next level. What does that mean in experience? It means a relationship between ego and I, you know, between everyday boring experience and the highest potential so that's what it is and that's where i invite you now comes the second person you see if you invite in this way the second person can enter into the process and it is in resonance it is not like you're telling somebody to do and they don't want to do it. But, no. so, so it goes above ego problems. That is why it is so effective. When I work with people, we go into the magic world of the highest potential. And then after that, for instance, I have groups <clears throat> and we go through this music and I paint. You will see, I paint the process. So they hear and see 
at the same time. But when we are finished, we are not finished. Then I put them in small groups. Now they make poetry out of this experience. So group poetry, team poetry. And we are still in the sphere of arts. However, what I project is exactly what I get as a briefing. In other words, music then expresses clients' needs or challenges. So they now are writing a poem together, 10 people for 10 leaders, completely out of the hierarchy, just as they get to, to the number they, they get and so they come together without planning you know maybe ceo and maybe some assistant doesn't matter they're human beings so they make this poem together and they must make then a, a choreography how they're going to present to their peers because there are maybe five five groups when there are 50 people yeah? and then only after performance we talk about debriefing. What did we learn through, throughout the process? They go throughout the process, yes. and you're not talking. You're not talking about the elements of those stages of the process. Not until the final product and they've performed it, then you deconstruct it. Then we can see what is the value for their company and for their problems or for their potential. First, we go to music, painting, poetry, choreography, performance, and then we after we, have, we are full of experience. For instance, the poem may be called Letter to My Customer or something like that, you understand? In other words, it is a different approach to, to deal with the problems and to find solutions. Because then people wake up the artist within, because every human being is somewhere artist, but we have covered with so much dust and ashes. So I opened this gateway to inner artist in every human being and then and everybody is artist potentially nobody should say oh no no i'm not artist. i'm engineer yes you're engineer but somewhere deep inside have you ever been in love in your life okay yes you have to know, you know what i'm talking about you cannot say oh i don't accept love yes. so mia do you have have you ever come across the experience where people there are people that just will not go along Oh, of course, especially, but you know, not going along uh, by doing together something in artistic sphere gives a chance that they can suddenly go along because it's not directly uh, um, uh, ridden with the problems they have every day with each other. I sort of take them out. And of course, I use great masterpieces of music that has authority. It's not like, you know, I have this idea and I'll tell you what to do. No, I'm using um, masterpieces of music which are universally absolutely acknowledged as genius. There is no question about it, unless you are, you know, uh, total uh, ignorance. If you're ignorant, I cannot help you. But that is all universally acknowledged as nobody criticizes Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, <laughs> Schubert, Schumann, Brahms, Bruckner. It's all clear. These, these are masters. So uh, in this way, we avoid the conflict situation and that sets in motion the possibility for reconciliation. So for, for finding a way to, well, I can do this show on, the, on the masterpiece just now when you have divided souls so to say but look i would show you the method now how that works the beginning of a fugue by bach sounds like that what do we hear
so on. Can you hear like four voices, like four violins, not just one? By the way, what is important when you have this experience is to, to, to sense the energy that comes out of it. Can you sense that there is a resolution? This is what I'm going to do now. And I connect 100% with what I do. This is one, one of the problems in leadership. They don't connect with what they do or managers and so on. They connect 20% as much as they are paid or whatever. But we artists, we have no choice. We either connect completely or it's going to be very boring. So the first thing is identity, identifying with what you do. Then what do we hear? That's the beginning. First note. Yeah, can you hear? It's direction. Can you hear? It says, there I go. Yeah. Energy. But it said, but you know, everybody has idea. It's a, it's, a, it's a blazing idea, but so what? We all have ideas now. Now, what is the next step if you have a good idea? What do you have to do? Yes? Do this. Wow! You see, the second step is get everybody on board. Reach above you, reach below you, inspire, motivate, mobilize, and then reinforce the direction. Can you hear that? Yes, but something's still missing. Now people are on board. So what now? Now. Becomes it. So what's missing is. Well, the most difficult thing to embody something, to get it done, to have courage, to put the will into what you want to do, to get it, yeah, uh, emerge, emerge as a reality. So now, look, you could only hear this beautiful subject of the C major fugue by Bach and say, oh, very nice. Or you can notice exactly the forces which make up this motive. And they are vision, inspiration, getting everybody on board, and action. Isn't that background of any project that has to be born? Absol absolutely, absolutely. These are the steps. And often it's stuck in you know mission, vision, strategy. And it's, yeah. it's all very cognitive, which is in the head. But the disconnection from leadership and the people that they're trying to translate into it it's it's not translatable at a deep emotional level which is what you're demonstrating if i would only tell you oh if you have a project you must make a clear vision you must know how you get your people behind you and then of course you have to also invest and, and get it done you know if i only told you I guarantee next moment people will forget because everybody's talking about that. But now, if it is taken out of the context of emotional experience of music, you can't forget. <laughs> you know, on Monday morning, you know, when you come back to your workplace and old patterns fall on you, mm -hmm. you don't forget and you start asking yourself, wait a minute. I do not hold the people behind me. They are not behind me. You notice suddenly the problems that are related to these three commandments. So in this way, 
I can help. So it is sustainable. You know, sustainability, everybody talks about sustainability. I believe sustainability is memory. So you remember, when you don't remember your culture, you are not sustainable. You're just a number. And you know, it goes to that whole concept of, of what I hear you clearly doing now in context from my um, background is from a neuroscience perspective, what you are actually doing is everybody's in the same heart rate variability, which is perfect flow, right? So again, when there's distress or stress or lack of direction, um, all, our heart, all our heartbeats are out of rhythm. And when we are sitting in the symphony or you know, in the concert hall, we're all regulating our hearts to the tempo of what, whatever piece of Bach together. So we are dropping everything else. Yes, uh, that is beautiful what you just said, Roxanne. I honor you because I go even step further. You meant symphony. I take a symphony orchestra for my workshops. However, I place my clients sitting among musicians. They are in the orchestra. Can you imagine? Now these wow. 50 people play around you. It is so overwhelming. But not only that, I, I, I have a method, disruptive method. I play and stop and paint and comment and uh, sort of uh, direct the attention to the flow of music so people can exactly observe with head and the heart at the same time, with emotion and with clarity of mind, how how there is evolving a masterpiece. I will immediately now show in, in a concrete example. But the, the reason I'm explaining this to you, because you have a lot of experience, obviously, in this field, and you can uh, appreciate how much help that is if something that you want to change is under, it's, it's, uh, comes out of the uh, sphere of feelings. Mm -hmm. so it's not just head. You know, if, to go on transformation, forget about head only. No, it has to go into the sphere of feelings and emotions. That's where the, the, the adequate space emerges where uh, transformation is possible. Otherwise, it's rearrangement. So many people rearranged, they get new leader and they rearrange, they want something else. And of course, people in a company get very cynical because they feel like everybody comes with some new ideas and then they are gone and then somebody else comes with another idea. So it is very bad for the culture. Transformation has to be um, found in a very deep region of experience. That's where, and we are going to now go into that, um, exactly to that. Also, another thing that maybe your audience would appreciate to know, what is actually the difference between normal uh, business approach and, and artistic approach. Very quickly. Yes, for sure. No, uh, in business, we are always thinking about next quarter. Bottom line, yeah? Next quarter. So what are going to be the num numbers next quarter? Turnover, let's say. A profit, let's say profit. Let's say three million profit. Why not? That's not much for businesses, not for artists. Yeah. So how do you get there next quarter? <laughs> so, so that's, that's the usual way. And when you're there, everybody's applauding. Bravo, you made it, you are excellent and all that. Now, how do the artists get there? <laughs> 30 million. 
Ha ha ha. Did you get it? Yeah, yeah, because they they tap right in and they create from that creative space, they they just bubble yeah. out from yeah, for us to be excellent is so boring. Yeah, yeah. Interested in genius things, unique, once and ever again. You hesitate to go the normal way. This is not you are trying to find the right place in yourself from which you take off and then you take off you know like a rocket and then you are there alone very often mm -hmm. it's not easy and you see this path which is blood you say oh my own blood so it, it hurts in other words if you want to achieve something unique expect that it's not easy it's going to hurt you one or the other way but you don't care because you are having this blazing goal in your inner mind so and that's that is so strong that you get through anything you know it's it's not direct it's like um, detours and uh, like meandering you know you have to find a way but once you are there you have the feeling so much more so much better than just you know, like anybody else and i mean for and then it doesn't feel like work i think that's when i look at the visual that mia is showing like a you know kind of the explosion of of creativity is fun. Yes, it, there's a lot of back and forths. Whereas if it's a strategic plan that's mostly in your head, it, it just is. It's work. It's not fun. It's not playful. Whereas from the artistic lens, when you're trying to clear away from the head and get to the heart, it is. It can be chaotic, but it's also in its in its um. I'm gonna say it's, it's madness. It, it provides so much more. Yeah, it, man could call it fun, but it's more than fun. You know what you mean? There are words are missing for these deep experiences. We don't have words. And it's good so, because with words, we would kill it. So it's good, but it's important to know that when you are really connected with what you want to do, you are in another sphere of life. You are in our, in your, you know, in your highest uh, possible expression, which fills you with, uh, special kind of joy and, and purpose it's almost like i would say like you open up you know the crown chakra because yeah. you are so connected to the universal energy and something happens it's like when i was writing my first book miha i i don't feel like i know i was writing it but there it came from a space that was bigger than me great great i i honor you for that just let's go on now let's let's take this as a two two realities one reality here and the other reality here yeah and in between there is a gap in other words we all have this challenge in our lives all all people who are awake and developing i'm not talking about early pensionists you know that's also there unfortunately people do not have the chance or possibility to always develop to the last breath yeah, but this reality, one could say, is on one hand, everyday need, you know, basic needs, basic needs, eating, drinking, budgets, and all that. And at the highest sphere, like goal, idealism, uniqueness, absolute inspiration, you know. Also in Maslow Pyramid, we have that, you know, self-realization, and at the bottom is basic needs. Now, we are... Can we look about how these two spheres can come together in life and in leadership and in organization? Can we look at that? I was just last week 
I was working online, unfortunately, because I was busy here, couldn't fly to Barcelona. I was working with a company in Barcelona who only had their meeting there, but they came from all continents together and they wanted to get one company because there are too many pulling in different directions, seven factories and each has their agenda and they feel like they, they are not one global company. So I, I chose the piece that you, I think you heard when we had another uh, session before. And this, this masterpiece has a following motive. In here, below it says, it says like this. It's like a wave trying to reach for the moon, but the wave goes up and goes down. It's like trying, but not succeeding. You know, how many times in life, you know? And then it goes, falls back in. And then comes the answer from the highest, very, very fine, very gentle. But it says, don't give up. One day you'll be there. From above, it says, don't give up. You're not ready yet, but strive. Don't stop striving. Learn, try, you know. So it says, and of course, there is a gap. There is a gap. And this is everybody's life experience if people are alive, you know, that we, yeah, we are stuck in everyday reality and we would so much like to be in that divine sphere of uh, divine ancestors. You know? So now how does that develop? This little masterpiece shows a journey towards that highest potential, towards confidence and trust that we can do it. And I use this for this company so I can now comment to you so you will see in your audience how practical that can be, such using a masterpiece. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.